Hi, welcome to the Carnivore Stories podcast with me, Alyssa Grubner. The carnivore way of eating completely transformed my life. And it's stories just like the ones you'll hear on this podcast that kept me going every step of the way. I hope you're ready to hear an inspirational carnivore story. I know I am, but first, let me tell you about the meat-tastic t-shirts I have for sale on my spring store. It's a great opportunity for you to become a walking billboard, if that's what you're into. And it's a great opportunity for you to support your new favorite podcast. You can find a link to the spring store in my bio on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S, Grubs, G-R-U-B-S. I'll also put a link to the store in this video's description on YouTube. So check it out and get some carnivore swag. All right. Welcome to episode 27 of the Carnivore Stories podcast. Today, I'm joined by Maddie Brewster. She's a 28-year-old certified personal trainer and group fitness instructor turned elementary health and wellness teacher. Um, And I, did I say you're from Austin, Texas? You're from Austin, Texas. Yes. Um, (laughs) uh, Thank you so much for being here today, Maddie. For sure. I'm happy to be here. Um, first off, I think that is an awesome career you have. I didn't even realize that that was something that, um, they have in schools now, a health and wellness teacher for elementary school students. Yeah. I mean, this is the first school I've ever heard of. Of course we have PE, but I'm working for a, it's a charter school. So they can kind of pick and choose what the students electives are. And I mean, health and wellness, like I love working with kids. I love health and wellness. This is my first year doing it. And it's my dream job for sure. Like it's awesome. Yeah, I can imagine. And then that is, I mean, I feel like you have like the most important job in the world right now, teaching (laughs) young kids about these things. And then, you know, you with your background and like really knowing what the deal is with health and wellness. I I think that's awesome. You're doing good work. Thank you. The, I mean, if you tell a kid something, they'll listen. Like if they trust you and they know where your sources come from. I mean, even my younger kids, my kindergarten through second grade, they know, you know, if someone is not being real with them. Um, So I'm, I have to tiptoe around in how I teach things just because of course, especially in today's world, we have different ideas and opinions on even health, even though it's a pretty straightforward topic. So it's been really fun getting to explore how I can talk to certain age groups and then just how well they can understand the information and apply it to their own life. So it's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. Um, Okay, so let's get into your story. How did you find, how, when did you find a carnivore diet, animal-based lifestyle, and what brought you there? So I can take it all the way back to childhood if you want me to. I yes, can go yes. deep there. Um, I grew up, I feel like this is a common theme with people who are in the carnivore space, grew up 
eating the standard American diet. My mom cooked at home, but it was like pork and mashed potatoes and boxed mac and cheese. Um, she did her best. And every now and then we'd have steak, but it was pretty common for us to go to Sonic or, you know, some sort of fast food place to have dinner, pizza. And I was actually the only one in my family that was average weight. The rest of my family uh, on my mom's side were all overweight. My dad's side, that's a different story, but they were all in good shape. I just didn't see them as much. I had divorced parents. So anyway, grew up with a ton of problems. I was on antibiotics every single month. My, I had family who worked at a pediatrics office. So if we ever needed to go see the doctor, we got in for free. So it was like almost every week or once every two weeks, if I had a stomach ache, my mom would take me to the doctor. I'd get put on another antibiotic. And of course they mean they meant well, but um, there was so much, you know, information that we didn't have that now led me to finding the carnivore diet. But I ended up graduating um, high school and I started drinking a lot. And then I gained weight. I became overweight. I was at my, I think I was 190 at my heaviest. I'm about 160 right now. And I was like, okay, this is enough. I'm going to quit the fast food. And I lost weight, but I still had a ton of gut issues. I was still constipated, bloated. I had acne and I typically have good skin, not even to brag. It's just my genetics, but I would still get pimples every now and then. So it didn't really make sense. Fast forward to, um, I became a little bit more mature. I was able to do my own research in my early twenties and figure out like how important gut health is. And I ended up eliminating almost, well, I did a keto diet and I still had a little bit of issues, but they were much smaller. And then, um, my mom, she ended up passing away two years ago and it was a really dark time. Like, of course, if you have ever lost anyone, especially a mom who's your best friend, it's like, <laughs> you know, just super dark depression. Um, I was going through a lot. And literally the day after she passed away, I was on Reddit looking, what is the best diet for depression? Because I am like grasping at straws here. I've dealt with trauma, of course, as we all have in our childhood, but this was completely different and I felt really helpless. I was like, okay, as much as I know about food and how the stomach connects to the brain, there has to be a diet that can really support grief. So I ended up finding a bunch of stories on Reddit about the carnivore diet. And two days after she died, I was eating chicken thighs for breakfast, you know, eggs for lunch, steak for dinner. I made that decision. And ever since then, I've been on it because it's just been super supportive of my mental health. Wow. Yes. Yeah. That, that's, that's something definitely I noticed like the mental health thing. And I didn't realize that I was as bad off as I was. I was really depressed, very anxious until I wasn't anymore. And I was like, wow, yeah. I was really bad off. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned that you had good skin and you're like, I don't want to brag, but I was <laughs> the same way. I, and uh, going through teenage years, I never got acne. I had a really clear skin 
And then it wasn't until I was like 24, 25, I started getting really bad acne. And I was like, what is going on? Is this puberty? I mean, my boobs aren't growing. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. Um, But yeah, carnivore cleared that up for me. And I, and I have pretty clear skin again. Um, And then if you don't mind me asking, how tall are you? I'm five, four. Okay, cool. So me and you yeah. are like the same because I'm I'm five yeah. four, about 160 pounds too. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so did you have any issues adapting to a carnivore diet? Um, I'd say my biggest issues were just wanting other foods. But okay. honestly, um I I've I learned this actually. So I went to a keto convention. It was the KetoCon here in Austin, Texas, and Judy, Judy, Judy Cho, she does, oh man, I forgot her Instagram name, but I know you know her. Nutrition with Judy. Nutrition with Judy. Okay, thank you. Um, I went to a session that she had, and she explained the difference between a moderator and an abstainer of food, and how most carnivore people are abstainers, because, you know, if I'm even eating like a handful of chips, I'm going to eat the entire bag or same for a chocolate bar. Like I'll buy a healthy organic chocolate bar. I'll just have one piece after dinner. And then I ended up eating the entire thing. So, um, I know that I have, I think growing up with my relationship with food also affected this. Um, just like the obsession I have with food as extreme as the carnivore diet is, it's the most mentally relieving you know, it keeps me level-headed type of diet there is. So as much as I would love to um, go grab something else and as hard as that can be sometimes, especially if, if I have cravings for certain things on certain days, I'm just like, you know what? You're better off without it. It is what it is. It could be worse. I mean, you're literally eating like a king with all of this beautiful meat. So I'd say mental, um, just having that relationship to junk foods or sweet foods, but I'm just, you, there comes a point where you have to be like, okay, I mean, you, you don't need that. It could be worse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what all do you include in your diet now? It's not a very, uh, I don't have much variety, but again, it, it just works for me in these foods. Like I have healthy digestion daily, so it's super supportive, but every day I have eggs so I'll either start my day or end my day with eggs because I like them fresh and I have to take meal preps and I don't want <laughs> meal prepped eggs. It doesn't taste as uh, nice as it would at home. So um, I'll do eggs in the morning and then for lunch, I'll have like taco meat. So some ground beef or I'll even do some ground turkey patties with salmon. Like I just have a mix of meats. Sometimes I'll do pork rinds um, and do like a nacho style eating, uh, air fried wings are my favorites. So honestly, just eggs, fish, beef, and chicken are what I typically eat. Okay. Um, do you include any organs? I do not. I used to, I didn't notice much of a difference every now and then around, if I'm starting my period, I'll take some beef liver capsules, but that's about it as far as organs go. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah. Around my period, every once in a while, I will actually crave liver and I'll just have a little tiny square. Yeah. Um, how about dairy? Do you, did you mention, do you eat dairy? I have tried, but, um, I'm in full support of dairy. I can tolerate butter. Uh, but I've tried to add in yogurt, even in small portions and cheese. And I just, I notice that my inflammation goes through the roof. If I do add it, even the raw organic, you know, I just, I can't tolerate it. I wish I could, but I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I notice dairy definitely gives me inflammation. Like I can't mm-hmm. deny it. It's, it's gotten less now, but it's still, when I have dairy, I know I'm going to be inflamed. So it's like, I, I really like it though. So when I Mm -hmm. do have it, it's like a trade-off. It's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm just not going to feel as good for, you know, a day or two while I'm eating this. Yeah, for Um, sure. So would you say you're, do you add a lot of fat to your meals or you pretty much just rely on the fat from the, the meats. So in the mornings I start off with a fatty coffee, which I could have said earlier, but I do like a tablespoon and a half of ghee and a tablespoon of MCT oil, which is, I guess the only, aside from coffee, like non-carnivore food that I consume. Um, so I start my day with like, I don't know, 300, 350, 350 calories of fat. And then I cook with ghee. Sometimes I'll add a tablespoon of butter to my fish. Um, But at least one or two meals per day, I'll add on an extra tablespoon of fat because I know that when I don't, I'm going to be hungrier or I just, I feel my hormones aren't as stable if I'm not adding fat to my meals. Okay. Um, How about social situations it has it been hard navigating those eating how you're eating now now it's not everyone is super accepting and I don't have to explain myself anymore but previously when I first started a couple years ago um explaining the fact the fact that I don't consume fiber to my family it was just like oh my goodness you're gonna die you know I mean it was that it, it was like that and I'm like no you know I've been going to the bathroom just fine. I'm not having any bloating issues. Like how could it be possible that I'm doing worse without certain foods in my diet? I also, when I first started with the keto diet, I was obsessed with, um, this was very unhealthy, but I became obsessed with what restaurants cook in and where they got their food. You know, I was like, right now I don't, I mean, of course I care about the quality of meat and where it comes from, but if I go to a restaurant, I'm going to have meat. I'm not going to worry about where it's coming from as long as it's hundred percent beef, chicken, you know, but I used to just, I mean, freak out. I wouldn't eat if I was going out with family. Um, and it became a problem with my boyfriend and I, he was like, dude, you're, you're being crazy. Like if, if we're going to go out to eat, I mean, I I don't want to make you feel like, you know, you're, I mean, he was very supportive, but he ended up having to call me out and I'm like, okay, I, I, if I'm going to live in this type of world, (laughs) I need to relax. So that was pretty unhealthy, but 
Now I'm at the point where I feel comfortable telling the restaurant, like, I only want the meat. Please don't bring me any other sides because I'll waste them, not purposely, but I won't eat them. And then you'll waste the food. So, you know, I don't have that full on conversation, but now it's way easier. But it did take me about a year to become comfortable with eating outside of my house and with talking to, you know, like waiters about what I want to eat, which is so crazy, but you know, it, it just is what it is. Yeah. I was someone that was always kind of shy going to restaurants anyways, like telling the waiter, whatever I wanted anyways. So at, at first it was like, Oh God, I have to be that person. That's like, annoying (laughs) yeah exactly um but it's not so bad and I mean I feel like they take it better than they did now me being a carnivore than when I was a vegan or vegetarian I'm like Mm. don't let my meat or my my veggies touch any meat and can you make sure it's cooked on a separate surface so I think that was actually more annoying than what I'm what I'm up to now um what about other teachers and coworkers, are you eating lunch alone at school or are they seeing your big meat pile? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, my, uh, my kids, I, I was nervous to show my lunch around my kids. So last year I taught third grade. So I had a classroom and sometimes I would eat lunch with my students if they earned it, you know, and bought it with their dojo points that day. So they would come in and they would see what I was eating and they would all be very interested. Like, you know, what is that? Ms. Brewster, what are you eating? Is that only meat? Like what? And then they'd be like, hmm, that smells good. That looks good. And I'm like, oh, like these kids are actually into what I'm eating. And I, I just thought that was crazy. And my coworkers, I just tell them, I'm like, yeah, I only eat meat. I mean, I just don't, I don't eat other things. And they're all super accepting. And I think that is also because nowadays, like everyone has some sort of (laughs) like I'm vegan or I'm gluten free or, you know, like someone has their food, whatever. So everyone is pretty accepting. I do eat lunch alone because I need a break from people, (laughs) but that's the only reason. Um, But they're, you know, my kids are super interested and my coworkers are cool with it. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so as a health and wellness teacher, you're teaching the kids how to stay active, how to exercise. Do you talk about nutrition also? Yes. So, which I was so happy to do. I mean, the, I follow the Texas guidelines for health and wellness. And to my surprise, at the beginning of this year, when I was developing my lesson plans, I was checking out all of the Texas guidelines and there are like make sure you talk about the added sugar in packaged foods and how ingredient labels market the wrong way to certain groups of people. I had no idea that that was even in our school, a public school system. So that is just, I love that. Um, and I try to make it as fun as possible um, in teaching my kids. And I'm real with them too, especially my third through fifth graders. I'm like, hey, if you want to feel good, you'll consume protein with every meal. And, you know, that will in return, make you a better athlete. Um, It'll make you better at your specific sport. I have a lot of, a lot of kids who are in sports. And I think if you can connect 
something personal to them or give them a goal to set, whether that has to do with sports or eating better, they are way more likely to, you know, want to learn more and understand what you're saying. So it's been fun. I actually just wrapped up my nutrition unit. So I taught protein fats. I really honed in on healthy proteins and fats. And then we, of course, we talked about healthy carbs and better times to eat carbs. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's cool. It's cool to watch them okay. be excited about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I feel like they really do. They, they, they want to know about these things and they, mm-hmm. and they, it's, it will stick with them forever. Um, do you feel at all pressured to, to put a big emphasis on fruits and vegetables? I mean, I know, so like with my kids, I homeschool my kids and I teach them about nutrition and I'm not going to teach them. No, don't ever put a a piece of fruit or vegetable in your mouth. And so I teach them, if you're going to eat carbs, those are the healthier carbs to eat, not, you know, the bag of potato chips, but I don't try to say fruit and vegetables over everything, but do you feel pressured to, to be more veggie centric, plant centric? Yes. From every aspect. Um, whenever I first started the nutrition unit with my kids there, you know, I would prompt them like, Oh, what do you think of when you hear healthy foods? Every single one of them, fruits and vegetables, there was no, um, not even like almonds or, you know, different types of fatty foods or things like that. Um, so that, that was one thing. Cause I had to change the way that they thought to, I teach about 800 kids and mm. I, all 800 fruits and vegetables. That was the number one thing. They knew about protein. They've heard that word before. They knew it's important. But um, so that was one thing I had to change without changing their idea about it so much that they take it home and that the parents find out that I'm trying to tell them what's right and wrong with food. I will also say this at my school, we have a large um, Indian population and they are all vegans, most of them. So, um, a big portion is, uh, vegetables in their diet. And so what I did with that is I talked about, well, you know, most, well, all protein comes from animal products, but if you're someone who can't eat meat, you have these other options, but it is very important that you're getting in protein from animal products. So I'm not, you know, telling them like, you're wrong for doing this. And I'm also not saying you're wrong for saying that fruits and vegetables are healthy, but um, it's been hard to change that. And also, you know, uh, social media, a lot of people are vegan and plant-based and that's still considered healthy. I, I will say one more thing. People think I'm vegan because I am the health and wellness teacher. They uh, pair that up with being healthy. So I've had a few people ask me like, oh, you eat meat? I thought you were vegan. Like that, they just make that assumption because I'm a healthy person. So there's so Mm -hmm. much that I have to be careful about. And I, I just give them the facts. That's what I do with my kids. And I think they're able to change their way of thinking through that. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's definitely the best you can do. 
Well, 800 kids, whatever they're paying you, Maddie, it's not enough. Okay. It's not <laughs> enough. Thank you. I agree. <laughs> no, I mean, I love the um, kids. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you do. I have a, um, one of my personal training clients, she's a teacher and as a personal trainer, I'm sure, you know, you're also like a, um, like a, I don't know, like a counselor, you know, people Mm -hmm. you all their, all their woes. And so every week, you know, she'll have a day that she's like, oh, you know, I love the kids so much, but oh, they're making my job hard because they want me to do, you know, X, Y, Z. And, you know, kids really benefit from this. So I, I know it's any, any teacher, you know, their heart is really in it. Yeah. Um, well, on Instagram, you post some workout videos and you have an awesome garage gym. I'm so jealous. Thank you. That is, it's amazing. Um, what do your workouts look like? And when, when do you find time to work out? I will say I can't take credit for the gym. My boyfriend is a strength and conditioning coach for middle school and high school athletes. Um, so he decked out the gym when COVID hit and we had to be at home for a little bit. Uh, so that's all him, but I love the fact that that's, Mm -hmm. I mean, to have a garage gym and to have it be as uh, we've got all the, so yeah, thank you for saying that, but definitely all him. I love it. Yeah. I, I do better with morning workouts. I have to be at school around seven 30. So I try to get up at five 30 and get in there right away. Because if I don't, I'll dilly dally around and then I'll say, I'll just work out in the afternoon. So I typically during the week, Monday through Friday, we'll do two morning workouts and then I'll do a Saturday and Sunday workout. That way I have a little break during the week because it's crazy, you know, as you know, uh, having a client who's a teacher, it's, it's a little bit nutso. So, um, I do two leg days and then two like arm and back days. And like I said, two days during the week, two days on the weekends. And I'm really big into lifting heavy. So in every workout that I do, I've got one or two heavy movements And then the rest are accessory. And sometimes my workouts are only four exercises long. Sometimes I'll do six exercises. It just honestly depends on uh, what time of month. Like I'll lift heavier at the beginning of my cycle rather than when it's coming close to, you know, my period. So it all just depends. But I keep the same exercises in my routine and just really focus on lifting heavy because that's how I get the most results. Cool. Um, do you, do you, do you have uh, any goals you're working towards or you're just trying to stay active and see where it, where where it takes you? Yeah. It's more so about keeping my mind right. Cause without weightlifting, I would be just, you know, in my head way too much, or I would focus on other things that are just not necessary to put my energy towards. Of course I have every intention of looking good. You know, I love, I enjoy looking good. Who doesn't? So I, I know that I have to work out. Um, like I have to lift heavy to look a certain way. So I, I like to maintain, you know, what I look like the, a muscular shape and, um, but definitely the other half of it is just making sure I am 
on the right track, not, you know, being distracted by anything mentally that could bring me down. Yes. Yeah. And um, so how about, do you feel like carnivore has, um, has progressed your efforts? Like, do you feel like it's easier to lift heavy or build muscle or anything like that as a carnivore? You know, yes, because I'm less sluggish. Um, like it's, I have energy throughout the entire day. I mean, the only time I take a dip is when I sit down on the couch at 8.30 and I'm just passing out, you know, like, because it's time to go to bed. But during the day, I mean, from morning to that time, I have really good energy. Whereas before when I was consuming carbs or a ton of vegetables, even on keto, I would have these up and down. I think that was tied to some sort of gut, you know, bacteria imbalance. But um, I would say that carnivore definitely helps me look the way that I do. Um, my inflammation, the puffiness, like I'm able to see more muscle and especially in the morning, I'm, I almost feel like cracked out with energy and like just ready to, to lift really heavy. So yeah, it's, it's been the most supportive diet ever, you know, as far as working out goes for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the way I describe it is like, I, sometimes I will feel electric. Like, I feel like I've been plugged in overnight, charged <laughs> up and I'm yes. like ready to go. Um, and then I, I like to tell people that like carnivore and lifting weights, they really go hand in hand. I feel like yeah. carnivore is the best diet to do while you're lifting weights because you're eating all this protein. And then I feel like lifting weights is the best exercise to do when you're, um, carnivore because you know, you're, you're, um, you're eating all that protein anyways. So you yeah. might as well use it. Uh, awesome. Um, okay. Well, how about any unexpected benefits you've gained from this way of eating? I know you mentioned, um, you're not as inflamed, um, and the, the, the depression and grief management, has there been anything, anything else you'd like to mention? That's a good question. I haven't thought about that. I would say my, now this could go hand in hand with my mom passing away, but I do think that like the grit and just the get it done. No one else is going to do it for you. Cause I mean, the carnivore diet is extreme and it's very black and white. In my opinion, it's like, you know, exactly what needs to be done. You know, exactly what to eat. There's no gray area. Mm -hmm. And I think that's helped me in making decisions. Um, also in my relationship, I, my libido has gone up like crazy. I mean, I'm only 28 and I've got more libido than I did when I was like 23, which is insane. Cause that's like the most, you know, you know, <laughs> so yes. that has yes. made a huge difference, um, in my relationship and my confidence. So yeah, I mean, just the mental benefits outweigh everything on any level in every area in my life. It's, it's crazy how supportive I mean, I try to tell people this. I'm like, you don't understand. Like, 
this is one mm-hmm. of the most healing diets that they're that I've done in every aspect. So I hate to sound like, you know, it's helped me in every single way, but it, it truly has it truly. Well, has. if you're if if you're going to brag about the diet, this is the place to do it. On That's the, true. <laughs> current Horse Stories podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, Maddie. Well, I have one last question for you before I let you go. Um, what advice would you give to someone just starting off on this way of eating? I would say not to, well, first create a routine, like not just with food, but have a routine because if you are somebody who's had an addiction to food or you're just doing it for, you know, the gut health benefits, you will need to distract yourself in some way if you ever start to have those cravings. And it just provides more, I mean, everyone needs routine, you know, that's kind of how we function. So I would say routine is number one, know what you're going to eat. Don't just go buy meat and then, you know, like, Oh, how am I going to cook this and that? Like write down your meal plan. Um, There are hundreds and thousands of carnivore recipes now. I mean, you can find like I make chips with my chicken skin, you know, like that's something I had no idea you could do until I became carnivore. And I was like, Oh, instead of wasting the fat on this chicken or, or eating it with my chicken, I can take it off and fry it up and I can enjoy myself. So having a routine, making sure that you're being creative with your meals. If you're somebody who doesn't do well with that same meal every single day, because I know that's not everybody. Um, and enjoying yourself at the same time, like pick foods that you're going to eat. And lastly, like if you're going to do it, just do it. No BS. You know, if, if you're in it, stay in it. Don't, you know, I just, you got to do it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I have a follow-up to that question. Um, so it's almost Thanksgiving time. This will probably air, I don't know, maybe late December, but do you have any tips for, for the holidays, like sticking to your routine or like what, what advice would you give to somebody that's like, Oh my God, Thanksgiving and Christmas are coming up. How am I going to say no to the pie? (laughs) Yeah. I, I know it's hard. I know it is, especially when you've got family pressure now, like I told you, you know, my family is, is actually have been very much influenced by the way that I eat. So our meals are now like grass fed beef, grain free tortillas, like things like that. Um, So thankfully my family has become more accepting, but I know that family can push, you know, like, why aren't you eating this? Just have one bite. Well, I want you to try it. Grandma made it, you know, because we have this emotional attachment to food, which is, you know, ridiculous. But, um, first of all, start your day with movement, no matter what, if you're tired, get up, go for a walk, lift something heavy, Um, I would say that's going to give you the most bang for your buck because if you're lifting heavy, plus that's going to provide a building block for your body. So you're going to be able to process food um, easier. You are going to be less likely to grab the sweet treat because you've already got that, um, like your body is craving those amino acids so it can support you through your weightlifting. So number one, lift something, move 
to start your day. Make sure you're drinking enough water. Make sure you have electrolytes, salt. Um, you can buy pre-made electrolytes if that's your thing. And then on your plate, whenever you're eating, if you want the sweet things, maybe get a bite or two. I'm, I try not to, um, my sister, she tells me that I like, anytime she calls me, she knows that she's just going to get a no BS response because I just like the complaining, you know, and the, I just think to myself, it could always be worse. Like you could be someone who can't enjoy Thanksgiving with your family. You could be in the hospital. You could have maybe, you know, someone passes away in your family that could happen to you. The fact that you can't eat something at Thanksgiving or Christmas is not a big problem to have. But again, I know it can get overwhelming. So take one or two bites of the sweet stuff. Eat the protein on your plate first, no matter what. So eat the turkey first, eat the ham first, and then you can pick around and eat the rest of your foods. Go for a walk after your meal. Those are my, what was that, four? I think four tips for holiday eating. Awesome. Awesome. Great advice, Maddie. It's been such a delight talking to you today. Um, And can you just let everyone know where they can find you if they would like to connect with you? Sure. So I am Maddie B Wellness, M-A-D-D-I-E-B Wellness on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. I'm definitely the most active on Instagram, but I'm trying to become more active on TikTok and YouTube. So reach out to me. I I love connecting, especially when it comes to the carnivore diet. That's just something I'm really passionate about. And I appreciate you for letting people tell their stories. Cause I think when people can hear like the emotional side to it, or the fact that like the whole reason I did the carnivore diet was because my mom passed away. It motivates people to try it for themselves. And if they can do it, I can do it. And I can do it for this reason. I can set this goal for myself. So I appreciate you having this platform for allowing people to do that. Thank you. Thank you. And I I appreciate you sharing your story and being vulnerable today. Thank you. That's it for today. Until next time, stay meaty, stay strong, and stay inspired. Do you have a carnivore story to tell? Connect with me on Instagram at meet, M-E-A-T, Mrs. M-R-S Grubbs, G-R-U-B-S. I would love to interview you. And the world needs to hear your story and how meat heals. Thanks so much for watching and all your support. Bye-bye till next time.